You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 106. Dun, dun, dun. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, nostalgia, movies, and weird beeping sounds. Yeah, I, I was wondering if anybody else heard that. <laughs> That's that? my asparagus. Oh, I felt like a dog listening to a whistle. I was like, what? We also talk about people whose pee is going to smell tomorrow. That's In- Jimmy. That was an asparagus joke for you. See, people, free entertainment and asparagus jokes. My name is Greg. I am joined by Rotten Rob. We're continuing that? <laughs> uh, just for you. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, it fits. And also, Jimmy. Hello. 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 This week... We're going to talk about Terminator Dark Fart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you suck. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> Terminator Dark Fate. I am Fate. very anxious to hear what you say about it. We're going to have some music conversation because there was a lot of music that piled up on us over the past few days. Yeah, there were. And it's, so it's, we're going to have a, a little bit of music today, which I think will be exciting uh, because we got, uh, let's see, uh, Ash and Dust which is the brand new album from Year of the Cobra, which I had enough time to listen to today, thanks to Jimmy letting me know. Awesome. I also very randomly got to see the Black Keys and Modest Mouse last night. Ooh. And while I was there, I was talking to, to somebody, our friend Rich, and he told me about a band called Dirty Honey, which I also checked out today. Probably oh. not new to you guys. Or not you guys, but the people out there listening, but actually really good, so we'll talk about that. I have... Have we already discussed Maleficent? We have not discussed Maleficent. I have seen it. Interesting. Well, let's, then we're let's... discussing Maleficent. We might end up discussing Maleficent, just not for long, because I wasn't expecting that. But that's okay. We will do it. Rob, did you like that's it? That's what or... I do, baby. I throw shit into the into the gears and <laughs> mess stuff up and even mess up what I'm saying. So there. <laughs> He is, like, swearing and throwing middle fingers and, yeah. But anyway, after we get done, we are going to come up with the top five list relating to our top. Guys, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We will try to avoid any major twists. So if we are talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. In the case of the music that we're going to be talking about tonight, just listen to it. Because we're going to spoil all of it. Yeah. That's very novel. Listen to the music. You're a genius. Thank you. I know. Please don't stop the music. Do not. News? I have some very interesting news that I woke up to today. I'm going to start. Yeah. Do tell. So I woke up, and there was a thing in the news, like on my the front of my phone, 
no, I'm sorry, it was in Facebook, that was talking about Trent Reznor doing songs for a Pixar movie. Trent Reznor, who works with Atticus Ross, he's Trent Reznor. First of all, he's from Nine Inch Nails. If you don't know that, I don't know why he you're listening to me. He is Nine Inch Nails. He is Nine Inch Nails. And he works with Atticus Ross on a bunch of really dark soundtracks. Most recently, the Watchmen TV show. Yeah. But also uh, social, was that social media social, movie? Social network. Social network and uh, just a bunch. It's much darker. So I saw this and I actually thought, you know, there's all those websites that are sort of like the onion, but for metalheads or wrestling fans or whatever. And it's all like fake funny stories. So I thought it was just someone that posted that as a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, Trent Rester's doing a Pixar movie. So I, I actually like looked at a you know more reputable site that I actually had recognized. And it was like, oh crap, it's real. So the new Pixar movie, Soul, which is about soul music, which is why it's even more weird, uh, has uh, Trent Reznor doing it. So, and he referenced a article that he read uh, by Robert De Niro, or it was an interview with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. He said that in his interview, Robert De Niro said that when he makes a movie, he doesn't really care about the end result so much as the experience of doing it, of playing that part. He doesn't ever look at the box office. He doesn't look at any of these other things. He's just in it for the experience. And he likes challenging himself. And if you're not, in a way, not nervous, this is actually a different thing. Jimmy Page said it, said this part. If you're not nervous about doing something, then you're too comfortable and you're not making changes and not going out on a limb. And when he said he read that, he thought it was like, ah, whatever, that's BS. But then as time went on, he's like, you know, that's actually kind of a smart thought. He's going to stretch out and he's going to do the soundtrack for soul. Uh, the trailer for soul is out there. It looks very interesting. It, my worry is it's a little close to Coco. Uh, it seems almost like a cross between Coco and inside out kind of. Hmm. Okay. It's about like about a soul, demonic a soul possession. Musician. Yes. No. Uh, it is about a soul musician that gets a gig and he's so excited as he's leaving, he actually like falls into a sewer grate and dies. And it's like a metaphysical, what dreams may come journey after that, which is why I think it's a little close to Coco in a way. Yeah. But uh, the voice of the character is Jamie Foxx. His little soul guardian, whose name is number 22 is Tina Fey and it's Pixar. So it's going to be most likely be really good, but it'll be interesting to see how it is. Uh, taken by the wider audience. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is Pixar growing up and call this a, uh, a snap decision if you want to, but how old are the uh, kids now that saw a toy story? Our age. Yeah. Came out my first year of college. What? 96. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, 23 mm. years. <laughs> God. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Oh, it'll, the, real, it'll... the real question is, is how long is it until we get a live action Toy Story? Mm. You will start know. punching. You will start punching people. Uh, this live action crap is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably once it becomes a classic, which I guess it already is. It'll be really interesting to uh, to we... hear that a uh, a movie about soul music with Trent Reznor doing the score. Um, hopefully, what did your friend uh, say, Greg? Uh, Trent Reznor is sitting in a room throwing nickels at piano strings. 
Yes. Was that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my, my audio engineer friend said he can't, he used to love Nine Inch Nails until he got an album. He said it was, it was like he was throwing uh, forks and, sp- and spoons at piano strings. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, Gone Girl, him and Atticus Frost did the score for that. I saw that on the plane uh, back from London after I'd finished reading Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. And yeah, hopefully it's just not weird, fuzzy guitar effects where he just There's, turns the volume up and down. At first, it started making sense because mm-hmm. Trent Reznor, he does industrial, but he has a lot of a freeform jazz style. But then I read more and it was like, oh, it's soul music, which is not freeform jazz. Because the the image of the characters, he looks a lot like a uh, like a Wynton Marsalis type, um, you know, kind of dapper hat, all that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw the uh, the picture of it, and so it was very. So I was like, okay, maybe it's jazz. Then I was like, oh, it's not. So that'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, speaking yeah. of, since you mentioned Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting, mm-hmm. uh, Joe was holding out on us. Yeah, he uh, was, little bastard. <laughs> uh, he did not. We Jubal's let us know about this. Uh, he did not let us know and let you guys know out there that that there is. If you, I'm assuming you're on the the same page as as me, Rob. That there is uh, an audible version of his book that he did not mention i've already downloaded it and started listening to it (laughs) as did i the reader is really good yeah she is yeah she is she does she does really good kid voices and and joe shame on you shame Shame on you shame 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 Shame. 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 We're shaming the ballerini. You know, I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull the idea that I had. I was going to make a uh, a Joe Ballerini rules shirt. And put it up on the store, but not now. So I'll just have to put my name on there. Jimmy rules. Yep. Sorry, Joe. But we that can is make a, that is a we can make a monster, shame, uh, Joe Ballerini. Shame. What's that? That is a reference to Monster Squad, is it not? Yes, the, it is. Stephen King rules shirt. Well, it was going to be. You still don't have I'm your Photoshop license. I do. Okay, so so tell yes, me, I Jimmy, do. what what he news? Does. Oh, excellent. He so was just got to power past that. Forget it. Who cares? <laughs> He's got his license. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I've got some some really exciting news. Um, we should be seeing season two of The Boys in 2020. Ooh. Carl Urban tweeted, production wrapped on The Boys season two. Uh, he said, cut and print, uh, a funny face emoji. That's a wrap for Billy Butcher on season two of At The Boys TV. Massive thanks to our awesome cat crew and cast. Love you all. Uh, fire emoji. The Boys 2 fire emoji. On your telly mid-2020. Hashtag gone fishing. Fishing <laughs> emoji. Sunglasses emoji. Heart emoji. So <laughs> we should be seeing Billy Butcher and the rest of the boys here. Uh, hopefully not too far into the next now that, year. That, that doesn't necessarily... Turnaround. That doesn't necessarily mean that he got killed in season two, does it? 
Since that's it. a wrap for Billy Butcher on season two. That's a I I doubt it. I doubt it. I hope not. I guess we'll have to stay tuned and find out. Mm. I sure mm. will. I love season one and can't wait for it. So what? Speaking oh. <laughs> <laughs> of demonic is, possession, my child is having an. There's exorcism. an exorcism going on in the other room, like outside of my office window. There's just bees trying to get in, and like there's a priest being thrown <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> oh, and you missed it, I get, Jimmy. I got I got Ethan to yell at Greg. He did. <laughs> I heard. I saw it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I am a not a big video game person. Because I don't really have the time. Rob, you play video games, and Jimmy, you guys, you do too. What is up with why do video game people like fans always have to have a problem with like shit every single month? <laughs> like, there's always some big video game like struggle. And th- this month, it is all about Pokemon. Have you heard this little? No, no. Oh my god, my child! And <laughs> enlighten us, Greg. Okay, so Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out. On November 12th, it is, I guess all the Pokemon console games are two different games. Like you have to buy both of them or something. I don't know how that works. I know there's like red and blue and and this time there's a sword one and a shield one. Okay. Yeah. Traditionally, one would have a couple of Pokemon that you could add to the Pokedex that one didn't have. So you would get both so you could trade and have them all. Got to catch them all. Okay. So. Pokemon. So. This one is opening up a new area called Galar, or Galar, I guess Galar, which is basically the United Kingdom loosely represented. And in doing so, there's going to be a a couple, (laughs) yes, you have, a couple, uh, about 200 new Pokemon added, which is going to push up, which is going to push up the total of Pokemon that have been released to over a thousand. As a result of this, they went through and decided to prioritize the newer Pokemon and other ones in this area and drop the ones that didn't quite make sense. We're not entirely sure which ones. I don't think. But people are freaking out about it. Because that the game is not going to have all 1,000 Pokemon, and I'm not buying the game, and I've collected all of them since the beginning, and blah, 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 blah. And they're calling it Dexit, because of Brexit, of course, seeing this is supposed to be England. Like the Pokedex. And the Pokedex, uh, yeah, because they're dropping that. There are people, like, flaming on, uh, flame-warring on the the Reddit Pokemon thing. There's people complaining. They're all sorts of stuff. The maker said that including models for over a 1,000 Pokemon was too demanding of a task. It would have made it difficult for the development team to ever actually finish the game. And what console is this? Switch? Uh, For the Switch. Correct. Uh, it also would have made it very hard to to balance the roster with you know special attacks and things working together and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. here's here's the question. The question is, do Sword and Shield use save game files from previous games? Do you have do you have access to the Pokemon that you've collected previously? No, I think you start from scratch. I believe. But I'm not. I, I don't. I've never played the game, so I don't. Did know. did the games prior to this use data from previous games where like it carried over? I believe so. Yes. Okay. There's the problem. 
because on a on a game that is centered around collecting them, collecting them all, because you got to catch them all. It's in their friggin' title. You got to catch them all in a game that is centered around catching them all and having all of the previ- all of the pr- preceding games linked together somehow and and keep track of your roster to have a new game come out where you have to just start over you know that's that's where people are having the problem because they've put they've put all this work and effort into catching the ones and if they don't have their collections complete they can't complete their collections on the new game they can't they don't even have access to all of the work they've done previously so i mean that's i mean i see where the problem is but i i, I don't know I, yeah, I, I would. I think of it like, you know, you play a game, and you you skill you level up your player mm-hmm. again and again and again, and then the sequel comes out, and all of a sudden your player doesn't know how to do anything, and you have to level them up again. Right. Now, I I understand the whole collect them all thing. Um, I've also again never played the game, so this was more of a question of me not understanding why people were this pissed off because I was only I was only looking into it because the holidays are coming out and mm. I was like, should I get, is this a game that I could get for my kid? Yeah. The answer is still yes. Yeah. And also yeah. I don't know when was the last Pokemon game that played like that, where you could do the save files and transfer them. Like, do you know, was there like, cause there's not one on Wii U. Is there? I'm not sure. I know there was a, uh, Pokemon that came out that had some compatibility with Pokemon go. Okay. Um, that was, that's like the only way you could evolve Meltan, for gotcha. example. Um, yeah, my child is currently walking with one. He's going to, fi- he'll, he has to walk all the way to New York and back. 400 to- candies later. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, the only Pokemon I ever played aside from Pokemon Go was red and blue. And I didn't play any after that. So. Gotcha. Couldn't okay. tell well, you. Uh, listeners, if you have any idea, let us know. I mean, I think I I know Rob's definitely on on the right track with that. I can understand the frustration, but also I get over it. You know. Well, also being a collector, I would be I would be irritated. I would also be less likely to play another version of a game where it's essentially the same game. They're just getting you to start over. Like if if Rocket League were to come out with another right. Rocket League, I probably wouldn't play the new Rocket League. I would just continue playing the old Rocket League. Unless it, you could bring over the car that you've worked so hard on. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Unless I could bring over my collection, there would be no mm-hmm. – because it's like, all right, well, you know, I've spent all this time collecting all this stuff. And and that's where I think I, I would like to amend my previous my previous opinion to the fact that it is still essentially the same game. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're just starting over with a new game and saying, okay, erase all of the work that you've done before and start over with this now, but it's the same game, here you go. I mean, yeah. I can understand the frustration there. I could also understand from a developer standpoint where you've had uh, a new generation of people get on and into Pokemon because of Pokemon Go and it's had this mm-hmm. kind of resurgence. There's been a movie recently and right, right. starting everyone on the same same playing field. Um I, I saw more also, kids I, idea. I saw more kids this year just as Pokemon than 
pretty much most of the other costumes. Like last year, it was a lot of Black Panthers, mm -hmm. which is weird. It wasn't the superhero Black Panther. It was actually um, activists from the 60s. <laughs> I was, was going to say that, it was, too. <laughs> it was, it was, it was kind of cool. You know, you walked up, they kind of put the fist up in the air, and it was, it was neat. It was, I freaking love you, Greg. <laughs> uh, you and me, right here, baby. Yeah. Right here, I got you. Like, you know, uh, Ethan was a Pokemon. Uh, he was Ash. And Alicia mm -hmm. and I were Team Rocket people, and we walked down the street, and one of his buddies, who we did not know this beforehand, one of his best friends, was dressed up as Pikachu. We're like, oh, this is great. But, like, we didn't know it was him. So we're like, get that Pikachu, and it turned out to be Max. And we ran into his other friend from kindergarten, and he was dressed as, as a Charmander. It was like, okay, well, this wasn't planned, but it's it got big again, which is kind of cool. And your son is running around collecting all his friends. Yeah, they're currently they're currently <laughs> stuffed in in like plastic balls in his in his uh, closet. That's awful. Yeah. So okay, well that that went a little longer. Um, thank you, Rob. That mm -hmm. was actually uh, that was enlightening. I, I have you have quelled my desire to beat up gamers just a little. Oh, but gamers are whiny bitches. Don't oh, okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. Any other news? Um, it appears as though you've got some new Florida news listed. God, I, I was going to skip it this week. I was like, no, <laughs> I really was. I was like, no. I, and then uh, weird shit in Florida. Literally, in this case, I was like, I was like, nope, I'm not going not gonna to do it. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I see but, what you did there. Yeah, but I, I found a story. And I got to get to that real quick here. So it popped up on my Florida man Reddit page. <laughs> Which I'm sure you are subscribed to. Oh, I'm very much. RFS feeds. And I'll tell you that when I made the document for this, for the, That's the script. the only reason Greg has a pair of Google glasses still. I can so always, yeah. The... I can always see my Reddit Florida man feed. So... And one of you guys is supposed to say rectum. Damn near killed him. Damn near. Oh, okay, good. Screwdriver rectum. Damn it, Greg. Good. Damn near killed him. Thank you. So uh, this is also going to probably lead to uncomfortable questions for Rob. But a 46-year-old man was, in oh, fact, God. admitted to a Florida hospital this week for surgery to remove an entire 8-inch screwdriver from his <laughs> rectum. Sounds like he was screwed. Oh! Yeah. Keep going with this. I like this. Uh, the man. Now, here's where it's a little sad. Mental health. Yeah. Not a joke. We've talked about this a bunch. The man does suffer from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, but he entered the operation room because he had some pelvic distress. And I know schizophrenia isn't really multiple personalities, but he had an a, a, apparently <laughs> some sort of episode where someone or something told him that he needed to put an entire screwdriver in his butt, potentially. Or that was his like excuse because he was putting a screwdriver in his butt. But anyway, he was in septic shock. He They did a CT scan and found a the screwdriver. It had pierced his large intestine. It's a, it's a damn good thing they didn't do an MRI. Well, would that would have, like, magnetized it and pulled it through him? <laughs> yes. That would have been bad. Oh, my God. So they attempted to remove the screwdriver without surgery, but they couldn't because it was impacted by large amounts of blood and hard feces. And it had apparently pierced through large intestine. It was like stuck into his butt. So he had to have his ass removed, at least part of his buttock 
as they said, removed. But and really, yeah, why? I don't understand why he would need to have his buttock removed. It was so infected, like one of his butt cheeks was so infected from the screwdriver, like basically puncturing into it. Oh, okay. So they had, they had to, de- they that, basically uh, had to debride the infected tissue. God. I got you. Oh. Yeah. A right buttock abscess, by the way. Was... Now he has a colostomy bag and uh, it was successful. Oh, of course. It was successfully removed and the patient was, was okay now and his two week follow up. Oh, well, I, I'm sure whether or not he lived or died, it would have been successfully removed. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they, they would have successfully removed it. Whether or not he survived would have been another story. But So the question to you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. What is in your butt right now? <laughs> Do you keep it? Do you put it in a shadow box? Oh, oh if, it was, if it was me? Do they give it back to you, Rob? <laughs> like, I need that? Um, Got a project around the house? Yeah. Yes, they will give it back to you okay. if you if you want it. Most people are too embarrassed to even ask for it. Um, I like the shadow never box. happened. What's I that? Like the shadow box idea? Yeah, like with a little gold plaque with engraved. Like maybe like put it in like one of those like gl- with the glass in front of it that says like in case of psychotic episode break glass and like have it in there. That'd be nice. Or a little plaque that says for the butt. Yeah, yeah, hey, butt <laughs> screwdriver. Uh, Florida, I thought we got. I thought we were going to have an opportunity to not well, have, a, have a story ever. But but to be but fair, I, that's I, that's not necessarily a Florida person just being stupid. It, if that's if that's a person with actual mental illness, I don't think that we can attribute that to Florida man. Yeah. Just, I, that just happened to be in Florida. I don't. I don't necessarily consider well, in that an interview. A he said he story. stuck it up there to get rid of the flamingo that he had stuck up there earlier. How's that? Is that more Florida? Is that true? No. Well, but that would have been more Florida. Yes. I don't think well, someone could actually get an entire flamingo into. The, no, I'm not even going to say it because then someone's going to try it and be like, "Oh, I did it." Somebody will be like, "That sounds like a challenge." Greg told me to. <laughs> I'm going to stick a flamingo up my butt while burning down the oldest tree I can find, smoking a crack pipe, sitting on an alligator. Oh, give me five podcasts, made me do it. Yeah. That should be a t-shirt, actually. Like a picture of what Rob just described. And Hold my beer. <laughs> a picture of what Rob just described in the give me five podcast made me do it. Right on the bottom of it. I did get my Photoshop license. Yes. (laughs) Make it happen. So shall we move on to the actual show here? Yeah. We've already been at this for like a half an hour. That's cool. Okay. We're having fun. (laughs) Go for it. Yeah, it's gold. Rob, talk about music. Or sorry, not Rob. Jimmy, talk about music. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, tell us about the new album, Ash and Dust, from the band Year of the Cobra. Well, um, this this is a actually a Chinese band. Yes, <laughs> they they were they were founded actually interestingly enough in the year of the snake, and they decided to go with Cobra because Cobra was the lead singer's uh, favorite car. Yep. So, yeah, is any of this right? Yeah, all of it. Oh. And now oh, Rob yeah. reviews something he knows nothing about accurately. <laughs> <laughs> we should make that a weekly thing. So, interestingly enough, I just heard this band probably about okay. three days ago. 
Um, I ventured into the territory of, you know, your weekly playlist on Spotify. I was in a, uh, a doom metal or, uh, you could even say, or a giant moth mood. Well, it's, it's referred to this way. Stoner metal, really Um, sludgy sounding metal. Yeah. Um, what black Sabbath would be now. Exactly. And it brought up this band and said, I love this. Who is it? And I saw that they were called Year of the Cobra, so bonus for an awesome name. But what's interesting, the album was only released on the first of this month. So uh, November 1st, 2019, Seattle's Year of the Cobra is Amy and John Barry Smith. Two people. Amy does bass and vocals. John Barry Smith is on the drums. They are described as psychedelic doom metal or stoner metal. Okay. Uh, As Greg said, it's a genre that would not exist without Black Sabbath. So if you are a Black Sabbath fan, I think you would find this pretty interesting. Um, They certainly don't let a lack of instruments keep them from making some pretty badass music. Uh, Another thing of doom or stoner metal is the connection to the occult or witchcraft, as is uh, often referred to in the lyrics. With Year of the Cobra, it's not as in your face, hey, let's bubble some brains in a cauldron. No, this this album conjures images of... (sighs) Uh, it does, however, in the liner notes, have a recipe for bubbled brains in a cauldron. Yep. They just don't oh, say it. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That was the drink that Rob uh, bought, Bobby. Greg. Yeah. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of fantasy elements in here about battles and wizardry and, and things of that nature. That's certainly the vibe I got from tracks like Into the Fray where it's very much about keeping your head down, going forward into battle. And the music, like you said, is thick and sludgy. And uh, I, I I really, if, if it paints a picture, it's a, a dwarf warrior maybe walking through the mud and his boots are getting stuck in the mud and he's pulling and, you know, plugging along and his wounds are kicked over with mud. Um, that's, that's really the feeling I get from it. Hell yeah. And it's, it's really just kind of fun to listen to. It's interesting. Cause there's a, I like music with a lot of contrast. Mm-hmm. So I find myself a lot liking male and female vocals combined or things that go from really heavy to really melodic back and forth. And this, the music is really sludgy, but the vocals are really clean yep. and they're really good and they're good. They are. It's uh, certainly, I wouldn't put it into the category of as operatic or nah, extremely nah, nah. polished. It's not, they're not, it's not dramatic, Mm-mm. but they're, but they're clean. They're, they break through the music. Yeah. It's uh, Amy Barry Smith. Um, to the other a, side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They do break on through to the other side. Uh, she does a wonderful job of uh, layering different vocal ranges that give it a really big, a much bigger sound than it has her basses. Uh, and, you know, uh, another 
kind of thing with this not having a guitar player her bass is tuned and distorted to the point where it sounds like it's a combination of both mm-hmm. it sounds like a guitar an electric guitar and it sounds like a bass um so it really works if you like, like the sword if you like corrosion of conformity mm-hmm. high on fire if if you look at the and you talked about high on fire did you not greg yeah yeah um if you are into that uh genre if you're into bands like neurosis or sleep uh the same producer billy anderson worked on this album what else do you have to say about it sir rob did you get a chance to listen to it all Mm -mm. you'll have to check it out and report back to us i I think it it, i think he'll like the next band a little better probably i'd be very interested to hear what you have to say about um year of the cobra I since since we're doing that, mm-hmm. another slight aside. Apparently, uh, oh shoot the the documentary guy that did the Vietnam documentary, uh, Ken Burns. Yes, Ken Burns. Thank did you. A documentary. Ken on Burns doom just metal. did a. No, he did a documentary on the history of country music, which I've heard is fantastic. Nice. And it's like pure, like from the very beginning all the way up. And I, I'm thinking at some point when we have some time, we should like watch it. Not. All together because we have to move in together. Yeah, for like it's 157 hours long. Is probably <laughs> what it is. Right. There's like an entire episode on like Johnny Cash getting a hangnail. Oh, <laughs> it's, wow. It, uh, can't be. He's very. He's very thorough. Ken burn. I think it's only eight episodes. Actually, this is the most painful thing I've ever watched. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the band Dirty Honey. Sure. So, um, I went to see the Black Keys last night, and yep. I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. And I called our friend Rich, mm-hmm. friend and listener. And what was did like, you hey, call him? him. <laughs> I called him a listener, which is the worst thing you could possibly be, someone that listens to us on purpose. Yeah. I, uh, I call him a lot of things. He does. So anyway, I texted him, and I actually not called him. So I'm a big liar as well. And I was like, are you going to this concert? He said, yeah. So we ended up even our, – our seats were actually really close to each other coincidentally, so we sat together. But he was t- asking me about this band called Dirty Honey. Like, I have not heard them. And he, he, he said that when he first heard them, he thought that the lead singer was the guy from Dangerous Toys, which was probably a band that only I remember and him. It was like a – Band, uh, a metal band, but the had a lot of country influences there from Texas and whatever. The vocals do sound a lot like that. So anyway, so I, I looked them up. They they have a sound that's a very blues inspired rock. Which, as people that listen to this podcast and have listened to the the albums that I've talked about, there's a lot of that. Um, they're not. They sound a lot like Greta Van Fleet, but they're not nearly okay. as like Led Zeppelin like. They are definitely like you would not listen to them and be like. Oh, they're just a, like Led Zeppelin ripoff. The vocals are way like not uh, Robert Plant. So apparently these guys, they got together in LA. Their second ever, they played a show on the sidewalk on the Sunset Strip. They just got together. It was their second show. They were just jamming. They looked out and there was over a hundred people just standing on the street and sidewalk, just jamming out to them. And they just kind of looked around. They're like, okay, well, we're, they were just like dudes that like got together to play. Mm-hmm. I guess we're like a band now. Um, (laughs) And they ended up with the number one single. It's actually one of the first bands that that had a number one rock single that is self-produced. Like they didn't have a label yet. And they ended up with the number one rock single this, this year. And they're, 
they ended up opening up for the who and guns and roses and slash and all these bands have like like really like pushed them and like this is the future of rock because it's not it's taking what rock was and pushing it a little bit forward so I only had a very small sample. I think it's only five or six songs that I heard today. But you can definitely hear their influences, Old Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin, Soundgarden. Um, there's a lot of, like in the 90s when they when all the 90s bands were referencing the 70s bands, mm-hmm. this is kind of like these bands are referencing the 90s bands that are referencing the 70s bands. So it's really the next step. A lot of Black Keys, which I'll talk about again in a second. But... The thing I really liked about them was I read about four or five interviews and they didn't sound like fucking morons. Hmm. Like every single member of the band was grateful. They weren't like, yeah, we fucking rock. Yeah, they didn't use coach speak, but in band terms. Hmm. As you got to just put your head down and play smash mouth football. Yeah, like <laughs> you got to get to the ball. We just want to go out there and rock. You got to play like, defense. It wasn't that. Like. They everything that they said were like it, it was well thought out. So you know they like well, just one little quote. It's not really that genius of a quote here, but mm. you know they asked him what all the success has been like, and he's like, "Well, we're looking back, and it's like it's been really interesting." He said, "More than anything, it's nice to see everybody embracing rock and roll. It's what I love. It's what I grew up on. It's rock and roll, not metal, not pop. It's soulful rock. It's interesting to see it coming back around." And they're thanking the bands that come before them, whereas a lot of these other rock bands were like so scared to reference anything that came before them and would like, no, we're better than those guys. And that was one of the problems with rock that no bands were helping other bands. And these guys are. It was very it was very cool. Um, It's a really quick listen. And it sounds great. Um, I think I listened to that album three or four times today. And then I listened to the, the album Jimmy mentioned about two times today. So. Definitely a good music day. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. I had I had Ash and Dust on repeat pretty much all day, and it, yeah. it just it took me. I I I can feel these different waves of different types of musics coming on, and you know I knew a, a doom kick was coming, and uh, I believe uh, my next kick is going to be some some rock and roll. So I will definitely be checking out Dirty Honey and. Uh, we might next week be talking about some new music from one of my favorite bands. Pink Fong. C2 and the Brothers Reed. Oh, yep. Get a couple of new tracks out. So. so not the people that did Baby Shark. Okay, that's good. Baby Shark. Do, 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 baby Shark. Do, do, I have a feeling do, that do, that's the one shark, group do, of people do, that would actually do, 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 do Baby a, a Shark. Rank. Yeah, That's, probably. Like we're going to lose four million dollars because of Rob singing. That's on you. They'll never make any money ever again from anything that else that they do. They can't because it's a it's a personal interpretation. It's me performing the song. The cover, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> but and it's almost unrecognizable. Exactly. So real quick on the Black Keys concert, I got off to see them. I got an opportunity to see Black Keys and Modest Mouse. I always had a big problem with Modest Mouse in college because they're one of those clever bands, which I don't like. Uh, yeah. It was interesting to see them. They're, yeah, they're just clever college band and people that like them like them. And I, just, I never, I hated their stupid name. It's 
too adorable. <laughs> Although I will say one thing about Modest Mouse. They did play one song and I was eating tacos during the song. And if if you were chewing the taco every time there was a drum beat in this particular song, which I don't know what it was, it was actually the perfect chewing tempo to have the best taco experience of my life. Ooh. So thank you, Modest Mouse. There you go. It's yeah. the taco song. Yeah. But taco song do 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 taco song do do taco song there's a taco song taco song it's called it's raining tacos and it's also big with the kids but anyway black keys got a chance to see them it was interesting because i have now seen them three times i have seen them in three different types of venues i saw them in an outdoor concert and i believe Lollapalooza, and it was a hot day and their music went perfectly with it. I've seen them in a club, which was also awesome. In fact, it was one of those concerts where you kind of wished it was smoky just because of the, the bluesy music. It wasn't because, you know, it was House Blues, but whatever. And then I saw them in an arena. And it's interesting how their music does translate through all of these things. Their set, their stage was really interesting. I'm not going to go through all the songs and stuff. I think they played like 21 songs or something. Uh, their stage it was interesting. The first few songs they basically performed under like a their logo, but it was made out of like Christmas lights. And then that went up, and then everything was projected basically on like a big bed sheet. Not it wasn't a bed sheet; it was like a huge thing, but it looked like a bed sheet. They're kind of like going through their career almost. And then they did that, and then the bed sheet fell, and they had a giant circular screen and like all these like individual screens like going off to the sides. It was a really cool staging. They did some stuff I've never seen them do before um or seen any band do before they did for the song everlasting light mm -hmm. as the song builds up at the end the lights started getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter like they just were like slowly faded the lights up that's hot as the song. it was awesome it was really really cool effect <laughs> and like to the point of where it looked like you were staring at the sun and like you just feel like as the music was rising like all of a sudden it was like and it was subtle too because it happened over like two minutes and like by the end it was like holy shit <laughs> this is there's a lot of lights too so that was really good um if you guys like the black keys and they are coming to a city near you with this tour i definitely see it oh so after and also for their encore they basically changed up their entire stage they when they came back for encore their stage had a giant uh electric chair on it and the name of their new album is let's rock and it has an electric chair on it on the cover. So they had that. And so when they came back, they had like all these like lightning effects coming from the electric chair. And they did a couple, three more songs. They actually had an electric chair in the lobby that you could sit on and take pictures as well. Ooh. Yeah. So you can, uh, I'll try to remember to post those pictures. So I highly suggest seeing the black keys in concert. If their tour comes near you. Awesome. Where, where are we going now? Rob? Who's got some movie news? Rob, talk about uh, that movie that you were going to talk about. Oh, Malfeasance. Mal yes, Malfeasance. Malfeasance. Um, well, I mean, you know, you know that I don't really like remakes or things of that nature. And Disney has been on a kick recently of basically oh, yeah. remaking their entire repertoire of movies. Um, most of their remakes are absolutely garbage. I have, however, 
enjoyed the Maleficent remakes. It it is an interesting take on the Sleeping Beauty story. I do like the character of Maleficent. The movie itself actually was was very entertaining. We uh, Jen and I both enjoyed it. Angelina Jolie is is excellent. I, I mean, she she usually does a fairly decent job in most of the things she does. I, I there have been a, I think a couple of things of hers that I haven't liked, but for the most part, I I like her. Yeah, in she's the, a really good actor. I like her in the movies that she's in, um, and and the stuff that I haven't liked really hasn't been her fault so much as just that the concept sucked or you know it just wasn't a good movie wanted um what <laughs> that was i like that movie i that enjoyed was a terrible it. movie it was a terrible movie terrible movie yeah you're just mad that they don't let you curve your bullet when you go target shooting yeah he tries i i well then they throw me out because they yeah. see they see me flinging my <laughs> flinging my firearm around and they're like yeah no you're gone and get out <laughs> like screw you guys i'm gonna bend my bullet but um the, hold my beer yeah <laughs> the movie was actually really enjoyable they they did have some interesting changes i mean without getting too spoilerific one of the there is at least one notable character who does not make it through the movie there there was a significant change involving Maleficent and her iconic animal form. Because everyone who knows the story of Sleeping Beauty knows that Maleficent changes into a dragon, right? Yes. Yeah, they've they have they have since changed that. And Maleficent is the last remaining direct descendant of the great Phoenix. The Phoenix, of course, being you know, the mythological creature that is reborn from its own ashes. It burns itself. So, so Jean Grey. Yeah, they're, they're, they're essentially immortal. When they die, they're just reborn from their ashes, right? So she's essentially the last remaining direct descendant of like this dragon and all of the other dark fairies, the dark fae, which is what Maleficent is, have kind of lost their connection to the phoenix over time. And she's she still has this strong connection, which is why she's so powerful. And they need her to help save the race. It's it's basically a story about them fighting for survival. And oh, what was Michelle Pfeiffer plays the evil queen, who is the mother of the guy that that Maleficent's adopted daughter falls in love with and wants to marry. And Michelle Pfeiffer plays a wonderfully evil character. She she's very convincing in the role. The What's what's her name? Elle Fanning. Elle Fanning, who plays the adopted daughter, is is excellent as the as the very naive young girl who doesn't really know anything about the way the world works because she was raised by the fairies. Mm-hmm. And the fight scenes were absolutely fantastic. Oh, and Warwick Davis is in it. I forgot. Yeah, Warwick Davis is in it. He has a role, and I I I love Warwick Davis. Just about anything that he's in. Who he's doesn't? In. I know, right? So. I, if you're looking for a good family movie, I, I definitely recommend it. It's got a very touching scene at the end. And 
you know, Maleficent realizes some things about herself and it's, it's funny to watch Maleficent try and interact with the human family that, Mm -hmm. that she's very obviously doing because she loves her, her daughter. She loves her daughter and she's very obviously trying to play nice with the humans and she's just so bad at it. (laughs) And it's kind of funny to see that and see her interact with the humans and then it all goes to crap. And then there's some great big battle scenes, some some fantastical like f- fantasy battle scenes. That's what I was looking for. I kept wanting to say fairy. I mean, the the dark fae play a large role in it, but there's the, there's there's definitely a very large battle scene in which the queen is trying to wipe out the the fairies and kind of take their land. I guess it's one of those kind of things. But if you're looking for a good family movie that you can take your kids to see and enjoy, I I would recommend it. It was it was very fun. So that's that's my that's my quick and quick and dirty review of Maleficent. I enjoyed it, Mistress of Evil. Quick and dirty, the way Rob likes it. <laughs> yeah, baby. So, which one of you guys saw Terminator Dark Fate? The both of us. We both. Did. You both did. Okay. Yeah. Greg actually texted me, was like, hey, I'm going to go see Terminator at 10 o'clock tonight if you're interested. And I'm like, I'm sitting in the theater now. <laughs> yeah. So can you guys uh, convince me that from everything that I've seen, that this movie does not suck ass? It, in fact, does not suck ass. Okay. Mm-hmm. This movie from start and we'll we'll get to some of the facts later but this movie from start to finish is a complete action eyegasm yes yeah like there is so much action and and it's quality action i mean it's not like it's not like you know shaky camera you know oh look we're actually doing stuff and the actors are like well choreographed it's uh, it, they, like they went out of their way on the CG. Oh my god, the the de-aging that they did on Linda Hamilton for that scene at the very beginning. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Freaking amazing. They did yeah. such a good job with that. I all I, of the things he said are correct. The action sequences are worth it alone. It is basically one big chase movie. It doesn't get too deep into plot kind of things. It doesn't get too deep into metaphysical time travel stuff it just kind of is well and it's, it, uh, they they talk about it but they're kind of on the run at that time yeah they're, they're basically more focused on killing the terminator true true so let's let's do this here uh terminator dark faked or as jimmy was constantly battling with me this afternoon terminator dark fart because he was kept on changing the the damn script what else directed by tim what else would you write uh robert de penis instead of <laughs> uh, uh he it is directed by tim miller of deadpool fame mm-hmm. written and uh sex drugs and robots or sex love and robots or sex jimmy and robots or something what's yes. that that thing we watched love death written and by robots. yes love death and robots, robots. Written by James Cameron and, like, eight other people. Screenplay by David S. Goyer, Justin Rhodes, and Billy Ray. Billy Ray Cyrus. 
with career Sarah research Bonner, with Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Schwarzenegger, 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 Mackenzie Davis, Natalia Reyes, Gabriel Luna, and Diego Boneda. I love you, Mackenzie Davis. I do. Mackenzie Davis of Halt and Catch Fire fame. I have been on the show saying that Terminator 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I have always been entertained by the other crappy Terminator movies, but I am not. Uh, but I am willing to admit that they are crappy Terminator movies. Every oh my so God, often. Pause. What? That wasn't a fart. Well, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have our first here on the Give Me Five podcast. Uh, a member of the crew has defecated. Um, <laughs> well, I believe someone just sharted on the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. I wish that that video was getting recorded because I'm pretty sure his eyes just got very big. <laughs> he goes, hang on. Pause, pause, <laughs> and he rips his headphones off. I'm like, what's wrong? You know, who's I, hurt? I actually thought that something happened to his dog or, or his girlfriend. But no. Now we're just looking at an empty, sad chair that I know. It's going to have to get replaced. It's a good thing the tag <laughs> still on it. He <laughs> <No. laughs> can return it. Someone who appears to have shat in this chair that I just bought. <laughs> oh, it's like <laughs> melted chocolate or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so, how's it going, Hooper's, Greg? <laughs> it's going just fine until we got derailed from talking about the Terminator. We got Rob pooping. It's a private word. Uh, it is a private word. Yeah, I got to behave. Rob, the... Uh, Defecating? We'll go defecating. Yes. So let me express my um, hesitation with this movie. It looked like a colossal mess from the trailers. It looked like there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, it. I laughed. I laughed at the trailer. This is going to be Which- so bad. The first trailer, I liked it. You immediately said you didn't because we saw it before we recorded one night. And I was like about to be like, I thought the trailer was good. And you're like, it sucked. (laughs) Yeah, it looked awful. Uh, Two weeks after that trailer came out, the Japanese trailer came out. Mm -hmm. And it was so much better. That trailer was. Uh, That Actually, that trailer, I mean, I was going to see it anyway. But that trailer was better than the other, like all the other ones. Like any of the ones it released, what what aspect of the trailer made you laugh? Uh, Carl. Oh, uh, the Carl oh, thing. Just like Carl thing is actually pretty funny. How do you explain that? He stayed. How how does he get back? He got melted okay. down, and they do some weird time travel that, well, shit. Probably no, 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 no. One of the things Jimmy said while you were gone is that. He um, was wondering about the Carl situation. So let me uh, – this is big-time spoiler time here. This is actually one of the reasons yeah. why I, I put all of my script, like, off on a different page. Flashing sirens. Yeah. So beow, beow, beow. The, 
in the beginning of the movie, and Rob sort of hinted at this, that you see Sarah Connor and young John Connor at basically a beachside resort, like in a tiki hut. You know, it's a nice day. A Terminator, they do a lot of cool, like, crossfades with, like, the Terminators coming out of the water and stepping on skulls and stuff, but then they cut to a Terminator coming out of the water on the beach and walking up and blowing away young John Connor right in front of Sarah Connor. Yes. Um, and basically the, which I thought this was actually pretty brave. The Terminator that you see protecting them is actually the one that kills John Connor because they were successful in stopping the Skynet thing, but the Skynet thing from the earlier movies did send out multiple Terminators. So this one killed John Connor and then had no other Skynet to tell it what the next thing it was supposed to do was. So it just basically existed afterwards. It had, it got to, in a way, learn to be human. Yeah. And I kind of disagreed with that, but I thought that was really cool. I like that. I like that quite a bit. So basically it took a long time for it to do that. It basically just didn't know what to do. Right. But, but bottom line is, is it, the, the model of, of, terminator that it was was not designed to actually have emotions and just the idea that oh well you know because it was bored and sat around you know it just developed a conscience and that no that no i disagreed with that what so would you also disagree with short circuit you sick son of a bitch well but short circuit was different because there was an accident that actually gave it sentience and maybe this happened you don't know no whatever what, so that's Carl. So Carl is is of the same model. Actually, it's a T101, not a T100. He's a T101 that had been sent back, actually did kill John Connor after the events of Terminator 2, and then just basically walked off into the ocean and went living in the woods somewhere. What did he do for work? He uh, hung Drape up drapes. Race. He hung up drapes. Okay. He basically... Uh, he eventually saved a woman from an abusive relationship. And then he, uh, they asked about the physical stuff too. They kind of put that in there, but so it's kind of, I thought that was actually pretty interesting. She hasn't noticed that you're 600 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of the opening of the movie. Then the movie cuts to Mexico and it cuts to our, our new hero, new heroine, new heroine. And uh, I like heroin. Yeah. Uh, her name is uh, Danny Ramos, played by Natalia Reyes. And I really like the Mexico scenes because in a very short period of time, they actually kind of got you to care about those characters. I thought, yeah. I don't know if you like, I like the family dynamic. I like the father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, there was a lot, like they did a lot of stuff that they did with not the last Jedi with uh, force awakens, where there was a lot of parallels to Terminator two. Just things were switched. So like in this one, the the family was a good family as opposed to John Connor's like adopted whatever parents that were assholes. So like in that one, when the Terminator killed them, you were like, ah, good. In this one, you were like, oh, that sucks. And you only saw him on screen for like four minutes. So I thought that was really good. There was. So basically, you know, Terminator comes to kill to kill them at the factory they work in and it basically starts like this giant chase where they have to get away from it the female cyborg 
or hybrid human with robotic parts comes and saves her and basically is like, look, we this Terminator is too advanced. You can't just kill it. We have to just run from it. Right. And it basically becomes a chase scene. Uh, excellent uh, car, like excellent uh, car chases in this movie. And the, I was really reminded of Deadpool 2 when they did the running through the the car warehouse or car factory running away from the Terminator and the, the uh, sledgehammer fight was awesome. I, I do have to admit that after it, something that I saw years ago when I was a kid that I've always remembered, it was, uh, I believe, I believe, I want to say it was like a Siskel and Ebert episode, you know, when they were doing their shows on, on mm-hmm. television. And they mentioned the fruit cart and how the fruit cart is a longstanding tradition. And basically, basically what they're talking about is anytime there's like a giant car chase scene, mm-hmm. there is all literally almost always some kind of fruit cart scene. Mm-hmm. And what they mean by that is the car runs into a fruit cart, basically, and just showers everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I was and I was like, and the first time that they got in the car, I kind of leaned over to my friend who I was at the movie with. And I was like, fruit cart. And I kid you not, not even 10 seconds later, the car plowed into the that group <laughs> of tables and just splattered everything all over the place. I was like, yep. oh, yes, there it is. <laughs> yeah, fruit cart, the, the dude's carrying a long piece of glass across the road. Yeah. Things that I've never literally seen in real life ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue your story. No, no, no. So that's that. You know, they basically have to escape. They they're in Mexico, so they have they have to scrape across the border. So that's a that's another problem. And it's a certain point in the during the car chase, uh, Sarah Connor shows up and blows the hell out of this thing, but it survives. Now, this Terminator, I I like the design of this Terminator. What did you think? Um. I liked the whole exoskeleton thing. It was interesting that he could separate himself and essentially have two different bodies. Yeah, it was interesting because like the the exoskeleton and then was there, but then also the liquid like metal stuff could like seat itself on there. But the exoskeleton actually had some hollow spaces that looked like it could go, which I thought was neat. Mm hmm. So I really like that. I liked, I like the actor that played him. Uh, he was, I know him. He's, I think he was Ghost Rider in the Agents of Shield show. Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah. I think you're correct. Yeah, and they kind of did. They they definitely stuck with the same kind of soulless, like just single minded. I have to kill, kill, kill. Look, um, look, Jimmy oh, gets Robert Patrick. No, it's kind of the look Jimmy gets when we go too late. Oh, yeah. Like now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about 30 minutes from now, it happens. So we'll be done by then. Jimmy's uh, like, so, better. <laughs> I like that. I, I love the appearance of Sarah Connor. Um, and I really liked the, the hybrid uh, Terminator. And then, so there was really, I didn't of really have any did. problems. Well, yeah. But now this is a question I actually had for Rob, because they got really close to almost being... I'm going to say political, 
but I mean like preachy, like they got close, but they never went overboard. And it was almost very well balanced between different ideas. So like they go to the border and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. You know, hmm. Like, are they going to have someone cartoonishly be super racist? Uh, and my thought was, is there going to be a a version of the sick rapist orderly from Terminator 2 that like Oh, her God, face? yeah. So I was like, what are they going to do? And it turned out they didn't do anything like that. They, they, I have to say, they stayed pretty much fairly true to just being an action movie. Yeah. They built up some suspense. They used it as, they used it less as a political statement because I, th I think I heard that, that people were complaining about. People, I, so I looked at IMDb after I saw it and there was people were like slant, like all of these, uh, I'll say Trump fans, but that's because that's what they were saying. We're like slamming it. And I was like, how did you get that from there? Like there is even a reference to guns that was like, well, I have all these guns because just in case the society crumbles. And it wasn't like it was not an opinion. It was not anything. It didn't go fa faster than that. It was not a discussion. It was just it is what it is. That's my opinion and moved on. Right. Which I thought was interesting. And I, you know, there was no one that had a counterpoint. It was fine. Um, it was Terminator that said it, but still, he was also mm -hmm. very good at hanging drapes. He was. Yeah. So, like, they got close. And I honestly, I thought the only thing that they really took a stand against was technology gone crazy. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was interesting. And it's a legit problem that not a lot of people talk about. You know, like, people talk about how they're going to lose their jobs. And most people are going to lose their jobs to technology. Uh, I think Rob is pretty safe. But I know a lot of people and like, you know, some of the stuff that uh, that I do can now be done by a cell phone app, which is scary. You know, like the the face time, what are the face thingy that they do? Deep fake, right? The what? Oh, the, Jimmy has turned into a terrier. He has. Oh, he's so much cuter like that. Oh, no, that face. Jimmy's what holding a little put him there. I love everything about this dog. Okay, so... Like they, they reference that stuff like the the girl, the main girl's brother gets fired from the factory because they replace him with an, a robotic arm, basically. They um Although although to be fair, it's also hinted at that he's really kind of a crappy employee. Yeah, I think he he wanted to be a musician instead. He cared more about his Instagram likes. Because than... because when she went into the office, she was like, He's my brother, and he's like, You're gonna replace me with a machine? And they're like, Danny, we would never do that. You're a great employee, blah, 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 blah. So they, they yeah. really kind of lean kind of leaned towards the fact that yeah, he was being replaced with a machine, but he was also kind of an asshat. Yeah. And of course, like the cameras everywhere, like, oh, the Terminator can find you because there's cameras everywhere, the mm -hmm. get rid of your cell phone because it can track you. All stuff that's true, and a lot of people just kind of take it for granted now. Um and was, I just thought that was an an interesting little side thing to kind of think about with that. Um, the what was I gonna, the ending of the movie? It was another great battle, I thought. So mm -hmm. I, I really, whoever does the choreography for the fight choreography and just figuring out how things should work and how they how consistently a hit should land or a battle should happen did a really good job. Um. Even the the airplane sequence, which was in the trailers, 
actually seem more realistic. <laughs> Jimmy is now holding the dog up in the air like it's baby Simba. Ah, <laughs> uh, Semenya. Yeah, we got to really start selling videos of our recording sessions. <laughs> Scully. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that whole sequence was great. Now, I did find it a little funny that they were able to like just like Sarah Connor just knew how to get an EMP. Jimmy, do that again with the dog. We're getting a screen capture of that. You know, they're like, how are we going to kill this thing? We need an EMP. And Sarah Connor's like, I got a guy. I got a guy. Yeah, which was actually, I thought that was really funny. I actually thought, there's quite a few times that I laughed quite a bit at the movie. Uh, Like, in a good way. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. when when he was saying, my name is Carl. And she's like, I'm not fucking calling you Carl. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not fucking calling you Carl. Yeah. I thought was very, very funny. Uh, and uh, so the financials of this movie, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about this movie not doing well. Uh, it debuted in America at $29 million. Not, they were expecting 40 at $40 million. It would have been kind of okay, but 29 million, that's big trouble because it cost $185 million to produce Ooh. and 80 million to a hundred million in marketing. Uh, so it needs to earn about, 450 million to break even and people pr- predicting that it will end up at about 180 million dollars to 200 million globally so it is expected to lose over 100 million dollars uh people love the movie though like people that have seen the movie have given it a minus to b plus ratings mm-hmm. which is usually pretty good word of mouth but not a lot of people saw it to give that word of mouth and a lot of people are saying because they got burned from Terminator 3 not being great and Salvation not being great and Genesis. Genesis the, not being great. Yeah, and the problem is, is this movie was basically disregarding those altogether. Yeah. This movie is essentially a continuation after Terminator 2, is it not? Correct. Yeah, they completely disregard all the other ones. So Terminator 2 and then this. and nice. And it feels like a... You know, the, it feels like the next in the line from those three that you could completely just forget about those other ones. Yeah. So what else do you think about the movie, Rob? What else do you got? You you always have some time travel issues. Yeah, well, yeah. There were... Okay, if you want to talk my... Overall, I very much enjoyed the movie, and you should go see it. It was a lot of fun. I would even recommend seeing it on a large screen. Mm-hmm. Go see it in the theater because there's a lot of really great action sequences, a lot of really great special effects, really and great sound. And a lead with short blonde hair. Yes, yes. Greg's, <sighs> Greg's favorite. A lot of great special effects. The acting was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All, all, of, all of that was top-notch. Very enjoyable. If you like action flicks, go see it. Now we move on to the part of action movies that usually they put a lot less thought into. And that is the plot. Now, I see where they were trying to go with this. Because one of the big... Another warning. Spoiler warning right here. If you want to see the movie, don't don't listen to this part. Come back later. Okay? I'm waving my hands. I know you can't see it. But spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. So they make a big deal about 
how Sarah says multiple times, oh, well, you know, you're just a vessel, blah, 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 blah. They, it's the same thing they did to me, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, they didn't. Meaning they, she was going to give birth to John Connor. Right. She was going to give birth to John Connor and he's the savior. So they were trying to kill her before he was even born, blah, blah. And it turns out that the big reveal is that Danny, her name was Danny, right? Yeah. Okay. Because for some reason I was thinking that wasn't right because of Game of Thrones. Anyway, it turns out that Danny is not actually giving birth to the Savior. Danny is the Savior. Danny becomes the leader of the human resistance. Now, the problem that I have with that is that they actually show Danny in a scene where she saves Grace. And she is not much older than she is right now. I mean, and we're talking that Danny, for for all of this to happen, basically the company that produces the AI, they they develop the AI, they produce it, they manufacture it, they put it out to market. The market buys it up in such a quantity that it becomes pervasive in every day world, around the world in everyday life. Then the AI takes over. Then the AI wipes out humanity. Okay, you're talking all of that happened in probably the space of 10 years, 15 Mm -hmm. years at the most. I'm like, that's 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 a bit of a stretch. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to do that, that's fine. At least age Danny a little bit in the scene where she shows up. You know, I mean, you did such a great job de-aging Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton at the beginning of the movie. And the little girl at the beginning also, I believe, says that she was on the run for a, f- a few years already. Yeah, and it's like, okay, okay, no, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're losing a little bit here, continuity here. And I, I realize that's nitpicking, but, you know, mm-hmm. to find something bad about the movie, you, you kind of need to do that because, honestly, it was a really good movie. Yeah, this is, this is a, I mean, I don't know if I clarified some of the stuff I was saying. Like, the people were so pissed off that there was a female lead, Sarah Connor, and a female Terminator, but like, well, she wasn't they, a Terminator though. Yeah, or a female uh, uh, Terminator. Terminator. She was there to terminate Terminators. Mm-hmm. They, a female hybrid thing. But augment. They they she never. They called her an augment. Yeah. So, they, but they never pushed it. Like it was never like girl power or anything right. like that. It just was. So that's right. why I was shocked that anyone cared. And, and they killed and, off all the male characters except for Arnold. And then they finally killed him off again. True, true. But but he again, he was not the original one from Terminator 2. Correct. So I suggest going to see it uh, based on our rules. Uh, I mean, opening night has already happened, but I would definitely see it in the theater. And yeah, I don't know if I need IMAX or anything like that, but I definitely would see it on a busy night, an opening night kind of situation. You as well, Rob? I don't know that I would recommend opening night, but I would definitely go see. I would even recommend seeing it in IMAX. Okay. I will be purchasing that one. So it, it was definitely a fun movie. A lot of action. If you enjoy action movies, go see it. It The movie kind of starts to fall apart a little bit if you analyze the plot too closely. So just go and enjoy it for what it is. A really great action movie. Would you agree? I agree. 
All right. Okay. This is leading right into our question because our question is based on sequels. Everyone got their lists? I do. Okay. So this I is going to be a weird one out there. Okay. So here's the deal. This movie, as we just said, erased Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator uh, Genesis, Genesis. Mm-hmm. out of existence. 64. Yes. Raced it out of existence by basically Turbo just taking up the story. <laughs> by just taking up the story right after Terminator 2. There have been a bunch of other movies that did this. So when we are talking about this, we are going to do the best five movies or the best five situations where a sequel completely disregarded uh, the movies that came before it or a movie or some of the movies, whatever. But the problem is a lot of these aren't great anyway. So we're not really talking about the best ones, just the Nope. Maybe the worst movies that got erased yeah, in a way. Not by any stretch are we saying that these movies are great. Yeah. Some of them are, but. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Jimmy. Yes, sir. Do it. Put down the terrier and give me your list. He's kind of stuck to me right now. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and do this. I'm going to switch my order up from what you guys see here a bit. I'm going to go number five, Troll 2. Ooh, <laughs> because it is. There was not no really troll one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. I, fair. Fair. Yeah. Sure. So I'm completely disregarded something that didn't exist. Going to go with the movie uh, that I thought was better than it got credit for, and that's Prometheus. It completely ignored the events of Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Thought AVP was pretty good. Why? Go ahead. No, it's your list. You're going to get list. into like semantics. Well, no, Prometheus, I was. Uh... I was going to say it's it's kind of hard in that instance simply because AVP and AVP Requiem were more. I don't really consider them sequels. I really consider them more standalone movies in the same universe because they're not. They they. AVP and AVP Requiem don't really build on anything that happened prior to them either. So they're kind of like their own little thing. You know what I mean? They they don't, I don't think they really reference either the alien or the predator other than having the characters in the movie. What was, what was the face for? My computer made a noise. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll give you that. But I also have troll two on my list. So, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, number three is going to be Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. It ignored uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, where they infamously tried to bring Freddy out of the dream, uh, world. dream world and into ours. Number one, Blair Witch 2016 completely ignored the train wreck of a film called Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. I'm not saying Blair Witch 2016 was great, um, but it was a movie I was really looking forward to to wash that uh, the bad taste out of the mouths. So whoever is next can go ahead. I can go next. So I'm going to go with number five being Rocky Balboa, erasing the whole brain damage situation from Rocky Five. So in Rocky Five, they or they basically said that the the Drago fight 
messed up Rocky pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Now, anytime they do that kind of stuff in movies or TV shows where someone is like slowly dying from something or sickly from something, it never really plays well. And they always seem to forget about it later on. Um, what was there was a movie recently that did that? It was. Uh, oh, uh, Iron Man, too, did it. And then all of a sudden, like he was fine. Mm hmm. Like, I know they did something to do it, but, like, he went from being, like, sickly and, like, dying with, like, veins showing to, like, okay. So, like, they do that a lot, and I think any time you go see a movie, you don't really want to see that. So that's my number five. Number four, Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, of course, erases Freddy's Revenge. Jimmy talked about that. Superman Return erases Superman. Superman Returns erases what happened in Superman 4. I don't really remember much of Superman 4, but I know that Superman Returns did disregard it. Uh, Halloween 2018 is the big one. It is my number two, even though I think Halloween 2018 is the best movie (laughs) that is on my list. Uh, It ignores everything except for Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Halloween 3 is a different universe. still think it's underrated. But Halloween 4 or 5 with all the cult stuff, the hospital stuff, all that like underground craziness stuff is erased. And they stick with the original story. And my number one is X-Men, La- X-Men Last Stand, one of the worst X-Men movies ever made. It's basically erased out of existence by the X-Men First Class and Thank sequels, God. And sequels to those movies. So X-Men Last Stand being blinked out of existence by X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past, etc., etc. That's yeah, my number one. Fine. All of the X-Men movies are the worst X-Men movies ever made. X-Men First Class is excellent. X-Men First Class was a very good movie. You know, it is, Jimmy, it is America, and you are completely allowed to be wrong. <laughs> I'll give you my list. At, at number five, I'm, I'm going to put Jaws, because Jaws 4 completely ignored Jaws 3. Yeah, at, yeah. at number four... I'm I'm going to also list Superman. I believe I Super- three in the theater, by the way, with my as did I the, my, the red and blue, the yep. red and blue glasses. Yep. With my grandmother. And she was not into happy. It. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. At, at number four, I'm going to I'm going to put Superman Returns. Um, actually, I believe Superman Superman Returns erases Superman three and four. I believe so. Yes. Okay, yeah, so it, it completely ignores the events of 3 and 4 and just is basically a continuation of 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. At number 3, I'm going to put The Terminator. I, and I'm kind of surprised that neither of you put it on there because it's, it's, it's a, it is actually a huge erasure. And, and it's actually a, it stands up now as actually a quality trilogy. If you, if you look at those three and consider those three the trilogy... It actually stands up fairly well, in my opinion. I'll make that my number three now. Sorry, Superman. I didn't like Bye, Superman. I didn't like the Super Superman movies any anyway, to be honest, the original ones. Well done. At at number two, and and I know this might surprise you guys, but at number two, I I am going to put X Men Last Stand being erased. Because I know that you probably would have thought that that would have been my number one. Yeah, I, d- I actually did because of the ruining of Phoenix. Yes, and I and I am one of I am probably the only person in America who actually enjoyed the new Dark Phoenix movie because 
as much as you want to defile redheads, you do not like when movies defile redheads. Correct. And that movie did. And it, well, the last stand did, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Dark Phoenix was actually a a decent film. I had no problems with it. Could it have been better? Possibly, but I I do like that X Men Last Stand was was retconned out of existence. But my number one, and it's got to be just because of how many different plot lines there are, is Halloween. Because you've got Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Then you've got two... Movie about Halloween masks? You've got, you've got two possible trilogies that have nothing to do with each other other than the fact that they both include the first and second movie. Because you've got Halloween 1, Halloween 2 followed up by h2o or or you've got halloween one halloween two followed up by the the most recent halloween movie 2018 we also have halloween one two four five six also there's the rob zombie one and two ones as well which jimmy i understand it still exists we have to mention that it's there it's garbage it is but it exists well, but but also by the same token, I mean none of the Jason movies really reference the the previous Jason movies. So, I mean, if you go by that, I mean, you shut your horror mouth. Oh, they do. They do. Do they really? Uh, I've never noticed any reference to previous movies. So, Jason 1 was the mom. Well, except for 1 and 2. Okay, Jason 2 was Jason was in a in a potato it, bag at the yeah, at the end, right? Jason 3 was Jason Ho- was Jason Hockey Mask? Jason Four, I believe. One of them was um, was someone that idolized Jason that was doing it because he was dead. And then one of them was them bringing him back to life by stabbing him and getting struck by lightning. I think that was five. I don't know. Either way, we're off a track. New, was that a new blood? Uh, returns, I think. Right. Uh, new maybe. blood returns. Yes. Okay. Not the Friday the Thirteenth well, expert. Let's. Uh, can I be angry? We haven't done a rant in a while. I'm mad. I'm what are, mad what are you mad about, Greg? Well, here's the deal. I mentioned the awesome concert. It was a very good concert. Excellent musicians on stage, and I, of course, was stuck right next to the dumb fuck screaming bitch. <laughs> and I'm not talking about my friend that I sat next to, although. He did sit between her and me. So this girl, I don't know who she was. And it could be a guy. It doesn't have to be a girl or a guy, whatever. But but in this case, it was a girl. It was a girl. And she was really loud. Like, really loud. Like, quite possibly the loudest human being I've ever heard in my life. Right. And she really wanted to hear Little Black Submarine. Like, a lot. And I knew this because she literally, at the beginning and at some point in the middle when the band was kind of jamming out, Play Little Black Submarine! Yes, at a volume about 20 times louder than that. Do not do it. It was rough. <laughs> it was totally rough. Um, she was using a walkie-talkie and a megaphone. So she was she facial screaming. hair? She did not have facial hair. She was blonde, though. Um, and she had a very beleaguered-looking boyfriend who just was like, uh, whatever. He was just, I guess this is what my life is now. Uh, so if you were at a concert and you feel the need to... to but also, we were all the way up in the second deck directly in front of the stage, all the way across an entire basketball stadium. Um, and she was 100% convinced the show was about her and what she wanted. Like the band was her fucking iPod iPod. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she just had to scream out every time. And on top of that, there was a very cool jam session where they did a kind of an extended version of a song. And they had like uh, the reference I'm going to give most people know the it looked like the cover of the Metallica Load album with like blood kind of like up close, like moving around and like 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 you were up close on a lava lamp. Very mm-hmm. 70s looking. It was a really cool jam session. And like, it was the type of thing that as they were doing it, you kind of got lost in the visuals and like all the music and everything. It was really cool. And then this girl is like, yeah, you guys rock. You got, this is so cool. You totally put me in a trance. (laughs) No, had they put you in a trance, you would have shut your goddamn mouth. I think you and I have different definitions of the word trance. Yeah. That sounds awful. Shut up, bitch. And like, (laughs) it's funny because my my friend was was taping not full songs, just little bits and pieces here and there. And he he looked at me and he was like, I'm going to have this dumb chick screaming in every single one of these takes that I was probably getting for like, you know, for his friend or whatever. But it was a really good show. But if you're one of those people that goes to a concert and feels the need to narrate what's going up on stage or talk during the songs or do that, just don't fucking go. Watch it on YouTube. Just don't do it. Don't ruin my experience. Because if I want to be put into a trance by music, I don't want you telling me that I'm being put into a trance. You by. put me in a trance. Yes. So that's my goddamn rant. Are you ready? swearing a little more tonight than normal i'm rubbing off on you or you? am i just rubbing on you oh oh god no not not with what you did earlier. neither of those things <laughs> are good yeah. oh not yeah shower sir <laughs> i may have to <laughs> hey rob take us out <laughs> all right guys like always You can reach out and find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. And please, guys, please leave us a review on iTunes or Castbox or Stitcher or or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out and it helps other people find us. Also, we have a shop, a store, one might say, where you can find all of your sweet, sweet Give Me Five swag. So are you looking for a Give Me Five pencil? You can find one there. You can? I don't know. Can you? No. No. Am, am, I, am I making shit up again? Yeah. You are. Damn it. All right. Anyway, you can find all kinds of cool Give Me Five stuff at our store, Give Me Five podcast.threadless.com. Greg, is the new shirt up? It is. The G.I. Joe shirt is up. Excellent. And it is a great, great design. Well done, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Jimmy helped on that. Actually, both of you guys helped because I was sending you pictures like, should I do this or this? So we do have a G.I. Joe themed GMF or Give Me Five shirt. We're listening is half the battle. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Yeah, thank you. And Jimmy, oh, speaking of listening, thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and fuck you, Rob.
bit of pressure uh, i think i'm okay but it was close i just bought this chair and someone appears to have pooped right on it <laughs> i don't know what happened i don't know if you could hear me as i was running down the hallway going that wasn't a fart it wasn't a fart <laughs>